Thanks for checking out episode 41 of the LED Project Podcast. This is Kyle Krieger. We appreciate you tuning in. And on this episode, we had our friend Mike Berezny, uh, a teacher out in New Jersey. Uh, we talk about hip-hop, authenticity, and how he's using real-world situations to teach his kids math. Uh, it's an enlightening conversation about authenticity, growth, uh, and relationships. We really enjoyed it, and we hope you enjoy it too. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition, another episode of the LED Podcast. And this is podcast number 41. I am Wilkie Law, joined with my co-founder of the LED Project, Kyle Krieger. And we're excited about our guest today. We have Mike from New Jersey. And, and I'm excited, Mike, because not, I haven't been online with, a, with another rapper another hip-hop enthusiast, so I'm really excited to have you on the podcast today. Great, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I'm super pumped. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm excited. I've been looking through your IG, and I'm like, man, maybe I should have started doing my rapping a little bit more, but we'll get into that a little bit later on. Yeah, you should. To the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. All right, so, um, Kyle, you want to go ahead and start off with a We Connect? Yeah, so uh, Mike, we, we have a, a buddy that we met when we presented at the University of New Mexico a couple of years ago. His name's Chad Littlefield, and he has this set of cards uh, that are called We Connect cards, that they're just questions that they use to facilitate communication and conversation. So the one that I picked out uh, today is, um, so just a, an answer to the question of what is something you used to think was true that later in life you find you found out wasn't something I thought was true that I realized it wasn't true. Wow, it's um, actually an easy one: the opinion of other people. Are we talking about like life in general, or specifically in the educational world? Life in general. Okay, yeah. So the opinion of other people. Uh, I think this was a big one because. I used to think uh, I used to think people would judge my rap music, um, and they probably did, right? And then I used to think people might judge uh, just who I was as a person, and that kind of prevented me from being myself when I was younger as a kid. And then as I started to get older, I realized that the only opinion that really matters is the opinion of yourself. And that's when you started to build, or I started to build more self-confidence of just who I was and accepting my flaws and realizing my strengths as a person. And it just took me a while. I think it was in college when I really understood that concept of just, you know, you got to love yourself and, you know, the opinion of other people. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day because, you know, it just really doesn't. Awesome. That's a great answer. Um, do you mind if I go ahead, Will? Because I was going to just say no, something that was that was right along those lines. And I I felt like that same point you made as a person, I felt that way as a teacher that early in my teaching career that I had to be a certain way or I had to teach a certain way. And there was a lot of times where I wasn't true to myself. And I, I've learned growing up, you know, getting older and being in the profession that that was a missed opportunity for me to connect with kids and really let them see who I am and, and really facilitate that relationship. Um, with those kids. So I think I would, I would sum it up that the question that I thought a teacher, like a good teacher had to be a certain way. And it was a certain set of like checked boxes and that made you a good teacher. And I've realized 
as I've you know been in the profession eight years now that it really there is no standard set of you know checklist things that make you a good teacher. There are certain qualities that every great teacher shares, but you know being who you are within that those qualities is what's important to be a good teacher. Wow, I love that. I agree with that one hundred percent. Because you're so right, you really nailed that on the head. Because there isn't like a checkbox, you know what I mean? So if you really just are yourself as a person, then naturally you'll be a better teacher that way because you're being authentic and true to yourself. Right on. It's a good one. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so I think mine is right along the same line. Um, one thing that I thought was true, used to think was true that I no longer think is true, is that I felt that I always had to be what others wanted to be accepted. And um, that, like, been, that, that was a struggle for so long for me. Um, I think I tell the story a lot about when I was in the sixth grade and I had a sixth grade math teacher who told me that I would never be anything because I never did anything, so I might as well not do anything. And <laughs> proceeded to give me the name Mr. Do-Nothing and sit me in a corner. And that's a true story. When I tell people that they're like, that wouldn't happen in education. And I can say it truly happened in the sixth grade math classroom. And I think at that moment, those words mattered so much to me that I just stopped going to school. It started with just skipping math class. Then it went to skipping math science class. Then it's the math science and reading. And then it became to where, hey, why, why even show up at all? And to be retained in the sixth grade <laughs> kind of opened my eyes up and establish something really early to where I realized that, you know what? I don't have to be what other people want me to be, to be accepted. Because either they're going to accept me or they're not. I can try all day long and they would or they will or they won't. I just had to be me. And that's the only thing that I really had to present that I knew that I knew was who I was and what I had to bring. So I think that was the one thing that kind of, I used to believe was true that, you know, other people's opinions really, really, really mattered and really made a difference in whether or not I was accepted and it really doesn't. Exactly. I love that too. Yeah. So Mike, could you, uh, could you tell us about who your, uh, all time favorite teacher was and, and why that person in particular was your favorite teacher? Yeah, sure. So I think my favorite teacher that I ever had, um, Surprisingly, I had a lot of good ones and a lot of bad ones, but I think the number one teacher was my high school psychology teacher. Uh, I think she really planted like a seed in my head because uh, it was a psychology class, so I was pretty fascinated about just the brain in general, and she'd go and talk about the science behind it and everything. So I think as I started to grow older, I became like obsessed with the mindset and how people think, and I think a lot of that was because of her because she understood who I was as a person. So as a student, I was actually a really bad student in high school. Uh, I used to get in trouble a lot just for doing, like, silly, goofy things. I was, like, a class clown, so I was always doing just random things. But she understood why I was kind of doing that, maybe because I was bored in class or I was trying to impress someone. And she understood that and called me out, like, on the side in a very respectful way, just saying, hey, like, I understand why you're doing all this. And she just had a real good connection with me where she actually inspired me to become a teacher because when I ran into her like two years later and it was just in town and she's like, hey, so what are you doing with your life? I was like, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing. 
like I wanted to do this, I wanted to be a rapper, I wanted to do that, but you know, everyone said I couldn't do it, so I don't know what I'm doing. She's like, well, why don't you be a teacher, and why don't you, you know, inspire other kids to live their dreams? Why don't you inspire them to, you know, follow their path and just teach them and blah, blah, blah. So I think she was the best teacher I ever had because she actually understood who I was as a person, and she took the time to build that relationship. While most teachers didn't really do that. Wow, that's amazing wow. that she she you saw her a couple years out of school and she still helped you in that moment. That's that's a sign of a good student teacher relationship if she's helping you even when you're you're not with her anymore. That's awesome. That's a really good story. Absolutely. And you said something that that really struck a chord to me is that she took the time to build a relationship with you. Uh, and we know that too often in, in our education, we see those kids who most teachers would consider the trouble kids or the challenging kids or the ones who are really just screaming out the most for you to pay attention to them and, and tend to really help and guide them. And I think that a lot of teachers kind of throw those kids to the back burner, so to speak, and, and don't really really delve into what what's causing it. And you said that she... She purposely came to you and pulled you aside and said, hey, I get you. You know what I mean? I mean, that's, yes. we, that's human beings. That's, I mean, that's a human characteristic. We just want to be understood. I, you don't have to agree with me. You don't have to, you know, co-sign on everything I do. But just to know that somebody else gets me, I think, makes all the difference in the world in a kid's life. And clearly, it made a difference in yours. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. And she, um... Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, so she, to your point, like, she understood, like, she took the time to pull me aside, right? And I think one thing as a teacher that I have that most teachers might not have is that I was that troublemaker, and I was that kid that was always acting out, and I was getting in trouble. On the first day of school, I tell my kids, I used to get detentions all the time, and I even got, like, in-school suspensions. Like, I'll bring in my actual paper of me getting an in-school suspension, and I'd be like, if I can go from a troublemaker who got, like, C's in class and all this stuff to someone who got straight A's and got scholarships and stuff and became much more respectful, you guys can do it, too. So all those troublemaker kids, like, I have in my class, I know how to connect with them. And it's amazing to see their growth because there will be some kids that just hate math. They hate school. And then they come in, like, three months later or four months later, and they're like, oh, I'm so pumped for today. I'm going to, like, do really well. And just, like, seeing their mind shift in that is because you built a connection and you found a way to really, like, connect with them and find a way to inspire them to, like, see the benefits of school. And, you know, that's what I think there's an advantage to understanding um, where those trouble kids are coming from because to your point, they just want to be heard and understood and some teachers don't always take the time to do that. Right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, another um, as a teacher, which superhero power would you would you be? What superhero would you be? Hmm. Um, definitely Spider-Man. I think he's my favorite, so I'm going to go Spider-Man. The reason why is because I really like how he has, like, these... Well, I guess most superheroes do. They always have, like, an alter ego. There's always, like, two sides to them. But I think the way that he balances, like, his school life, and then he also has that superhero life, 
it kind of reminds me of myself where like I have Mr. B, you know, the teacher, and then I have Mikey B, like the guy that's trying to make it as a rapper. <laughs> so I kind of see myself as Spider-Man in that sense where I'm just trying to, you know, be a hero for my kids by showing them, hey, if I can make it, you can make it. If I can live a really good life, you can live a good life. You can find, like, you can find your inner heroes and just try to inspire them to be great by being great by myself and leading by example. Oh. Yeah. And he's got awesome, he's got awesome, like, reflexes. He's got that spider sense. He can crawl on walls. He's got all that cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, I really, I, I gotta say, and not to get too far into the weeds, I really love the, the most recent reboot in Marvel, the Spider Man Homecoming. I thought that was such a perfect, like, the way I envision Peter Parker to be as, like, still the height, you know, the 15 yeah. year old high school kid. You know, and 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 the way I love the way they had him in in Civil War, and then they started the next movie with like him on his taking videos on Instagram on his iPhone. I thought that was I thought that was so brilliant as a way to tie those movies together. Absolutely, that was so funny. That was good. All right, Mike. So, if what 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 would you classify as the the best? advice you've ever gotten whether teaching or just in life and and who was a person who gave you that that good piece of advice hmm all right um the first one that comes to mind um do you know this guy named alan watts you ever heard of him the He's name like is familiar yeah okay yeah so i remember i think i was maybe 20 years old maybe 21 or 19 around that time in college i watched this video about if money weren't an object, like what would you do? And when I watched that, that whole video was basically my whole perspective on life for many years. Like when I was in middle school or high school, that's what I believed. But so many people were just like, that's not a great way to live. Like you need to go to college and get a nine to five job. And I didn't even want to go to college. Like I wanted to open up my own coconut business and I wanted to be like an entrepreneur and I wanted to be like a rapper. And in 2007, YouTube came out. So uh, I was like doing some YouTube videos. I was like, oh, I want to be like a YouTuber, even though I didn't even know what that was, right? And everyone's like, oh, that's not a real career. You can't actually make money doing that. So I went to college and I just gave up on all those dreams. Then when I watched this video, and he's talking about, you know, just do what you love and the money will follow. I'm like, yes. Like, that's exactly it. If you enjoy something so much, you'll enjoy the process, you'll enjoy the grind, you won't see it as work. And I'd rather make like, you know, $50,000 a year doing something I love than $100,000 doing something I hate. So that was really some great advice I got where it kind of just gave me the confidence to continue to do what I'm doing without like feeling like money was defining my success. Yeah, I, I feel you there. We, we started... Uh, a nonprofit two years ago and everybody I've, I can't tell you how many people have told me like you'll never be able to monetize a nonprofit and you know because we want to really coach teachers and train teachers on on those relationships to be able to just basically like take someone like you and help every teacher build those kind of relationships and people have, I don't know how many times they've told us that that was a bad investment and but, but I love it. You know, we started this podcast just kind of on a whim, and it's one of my favorite things that I get to do right now, and it's I've enjoyed it so much. So I feel you there of, you know, just trusting the process that if you're doing what you love and you're and 
you know, you're providing value to people and putting out good stuff, um, it'll come. And I, I got, I, I think this is a good time for me to, to ask you what it was like to meet Gary V. Cause I saw you, you've taken a couple pictures with him and we're both, we're both big fans of Gary V. So, Mike, if, if you could sum up your educational philosophy, how, how would you do that? Um, it's very basic, honestly. I mean, it could be broken down to a more complex uh, explanation, but basically it's just to inspire kids to live their dreams. So how that actually would look in the classroom, one thing I do is my Mindset Monday, where every Monday I just do... Uh, a lesson about mindset. It's almost like a personal development class. So, for example, I'll talk about the importance of self-education. So then I'll teach my kids about how do you actually self-educate? How do you go on Google and look something up? How do you go on YouTube and find stuff? How do you actually manage your time? Things like that. I'll talk about stuff like um, how to deal with stress or social situations. I'll talk about emotional intelligence, how to develop habits that will really help you achieve um, whatever goals that you want. I'll talk about, you know, how to find your purpose in life, all those different things, right? So that stuff will help my kids live their dreams because they can apply that to their own life. And then, um, you know, obviously I have to teach like the curriculum. I have to teach math, obviously. I'm doing all that. So I just try and make my lessons fun and engaging. I try to bring in the real world. So like the other day, we're, we're doing percentages right now. So we're learning how to calculate tip. So I just brought in a bunch of tablecloths. I set up like a restaurant. I had like um, Italian music in the background. I had uh, menus printed out where they can order food. And I had all these snacks and they had to calculate the bill and all that. So just trying to make it fun and engaging. When they walked out of the class, they're like, that was like the best lesson ever. And it's just like that extra effort of trying to make them have fun. And then 
tying that all back to like the purpose where in school we're here to learn and we're here to grow but it's more than just what you learn in the textbook it's more about yourself as well which i think we don't emphasize enough in school like kids need to learn who they are as a person so trying to connect the mindset with you know everyday math lessons and just trying to continue to find that connection between the two so that's really my educational philosophy just try to inspire them Oh, man, you're speaking my language, Mike, because I, I, I was a math teacher. Now I'm a math instructional coach. Um, so you're speaking my language, and I'm listening to what you're saying. And I actually did see the, uh, on your IG where you posted, I guess it was a proportion uh, lesson you were doing with the kids making cookies or something. Yes. And, and, and you know, just to, I mean, that just, I, I get excited when I see real-world applications of mathematics. And um, But you said something when you said that Mindset Mondays, and I kind of want to, sit there for a little bit because you feel it is important enough to the to the development of your kids to to take a to take some a part of your class time to actually interject things that are not necessarily curriculum based, that are not necessarily um um uh, they would say quantifiable. You know, you can't really well the long term effects of what the kids are gonna get you don't see it right away. If you, you know, you're not going to see how well their mindset is developed until they've gotten older and they've left you. So you're kind of planting a seed that won't, you won't even see the tree of until much later on. Uh, so I'm just curious, you know, what, what was your thinking behind why did you feel like, or, or when did you start doing that as far as saying this is important to me to do with my kids? Yep. So you make a good point, and that's why patience is really big for me. So I know, like, if I try to teach about mindset, especially with going back to those troublemaker kids, um, like the kids that might not want to do any work. Like in the beginning of the year, I had some kids that didn't do like one homework assignment for like three months, and like there's nothing I can do. But it's just being patient with them because over time, now that kid, like I don't even know how deep we are into the school year, like six months or whatever. They now they're starting to do their work more, so it's patience. And then to your point, it doesn't happen for a couple of years, maybe not until high school, or then even when they get to that college level when they're in their 20s. It's really just planting that seed. And I was trying to reflect on my own life because I was trying to think about what my purpose is. And I realized when I was in middle school, if I had someone in my life really teach me some of these things, I think I would have pursued my dreams and I probably wouldn't have been a teacher. I definitely would have pursued some kind of like internet business where I'm like a YouTuber or I'm a rapper or something. And I, if I had someone really educate my thought process and teach me some personal skills and just emotional intelligence, all that different stuff, if someone just planted that seed in my mind, I think I would have ran with it. So that's why I focus on becoming a middle school teacher because they're at that age where they're still young enough where you can plant that seed, but they're not too old where maybe they're kind of stuck in their ways. Then they're not too young where they may not really get it. So um, it was started a couple of years ago when I focused on middle school and then I just did it in my classroom. And then I realized about like a year ago, I should start putting this stuff online more so then other kids could see it hopefully. And then it can have a bigger impact. That's awesome, man. That that is awesome. Awesome. I, I'm one hundred percent behind that. I believe that it makes a difference. It makes a difference, and it's the thing that we don't teach more. You know, we don't teach the most. We and you know, I I'm a, I love words. And when we were looking, when I was looking at the word education, 
we always think kids come into a classroom and they get, 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 get. We're supposed to just dump information into them when at the root of education is to draw out. So you hit it on the head when you said you want to inspire that which is inside of them. And, and education is designed in its original form was to draw out of the student what's inside of it. You know, the analogy that I always say is that the oak tree doesn't become an oak tree because of something that's on the outside of it. It's everything that's on the inside of the acorn. Mm. So, like if you don't if you don't nurture the acorn itself in the right right environment to pull out what's inside, you just, after a while it gets too exposed and you crack the outside, it'll die. Yes. And then it won't be fruitful. So. I really love that, that you're taking the time out to do that and for students to know that there are teachers out there who do it. Um, it like I say, it's, it's, it's very motivational and inspiring for, for me to know that there's still a remnant. We were talking with the ladies from the Right, right Stuff Chick, the last podcast, and their, their mission is similar, wanting to inspire teachers and get teachers to believe in, 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 the, in the process of teaching all over again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, so Mike, you were saying in that last little bit, you know, that it's important for you to, to show up and, and really be who you are to enable students, um, to be, you know, to make them feel like it's okay that they can be who they are. So, so what are some of the things you're passionate about and, and how do you use those things to really show up authentically to your kids? So, uh, something I'm really passionate about, I guess, I'm not going to talk about mindset more because that is something I am passionate about. Um, but I guess I can connect this to rap, actually. So I do love rap, and I continue to work on music, and I continue to write, and that is something I'm passionate about. So by I try to connect mindset with rap a lot. So I'll talk to my students about this, and I'll be like, hey, I'm on the grind right now. I'm trying to work on these lyrics. I got a show coming up. I'm trying to perform well. I'm trying to get ready and create all this music, right? So I try to show by example, like this is the work ethic that it takes. I'll actually show them like an actual schedule I have of my own life of when I wake up at 4.30 in the morning to when I go to bed at like one o'clock. And they're like, what? You went to bed at one o'clock and you got like three hours of sleep? I was like, yeah, because you know, I'm just putting in that time uh, to like make sure I can get this song out by the end of the week. And I was like, but you have to also take your health really serious and you have to make sure that you get your sleep uh, because if you don't get six hours of sleep, you're not going to be able to perform as well. So you got to take that into consideration. So then I just break down like my actual life and they find that really interesting because they see it like I'm being real with them. And I'll be like, hey, I have my own struggles too. You know, I go through difficult times. Um, and I have, I, everything I preach is everything I live. So everything I'm teaching you guys, it's everything I'm going through my own personal life. Like I have a growth mindset. I don't put that on you guys. Like, Hey guys, you gotta have a growth mindset. I'm living that. So that's something I'm very passionate about where I'm just like, I'm taking my own passions or whether it's me playing basketball or whatever else I'm doing in my life, I'll just connect that with them and tell them, Hey, whatever you're doing in your life take these same kind of principles and values and apply it to your life. And um, that's what I kind of do in the classroom with that stuff. And, and they listen, they actually take the advice and they'll like implement it. They even write down stuff. Like if I'm doing Mindset Monday, they'll take notes on it, which is kind of funny. <laughs> but it's awesome. Yeah. So, so do you, 
and I'm trying to phrase the question correctly. Do you feel like there are times where you get pushback from, you know, administration or colleagues for the amount of authenticity you show or, you know, the, the fact that you do those mindset Monday things or, or is it something that's embraced at your school? Yes, um, it's a little bit of both. <laughs> um, my principal and most of my administrators, they do support it. Um, like my principal even calls me Mikey B at times, which is cool. So <laughs> she like, I think she respects what I'm doing, but there are some like co-teachers I have where I know it's just through like gossip that they don't like me or they, they hate my teaching philosophy. And then in my eyes, I'm like, well, you're still teaching out of the book and you're kind of lame, no offense. So I'm just here to inspire these kids and they will remember me for the rest of their lives. And the thing they will remember me for is teaching them about life, teaching them about mindset. And they'll remember me as that rapping teacher. And they may not remember you at all because like you're not really building those relationships. So going back to not caring about their opinions, hey, you can judge me all you want because me and my kids are having fun in class and we're learning at the same time, but you're just, you know, doing the whole traditional route of teaching. So you can hate me all you want, but I'm still going to do me. And I got the support from our principal. So, you know, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and, and I'm, I'm glad you said that because, you know, coming back to, you know, the original question, I think a lot of new teachers are you know, afraid of that, that they feel like they've got to fit in and, and they've got to, um, you know, do kind of the accepted way. But the more I look and, you know, I find and connect with teachers on Instagram, you know, it seems like a lot more teachers are really kind of embracing, especially that, that medium to really show up authentically and, and to, to get their kids involved. So how do you use do you use your social media with your kids or is that more to connect with teachers? Um, I actually, it's funny. I'm using it to, I don't use it to connect with teachers really. Like I do, and it's weird. So there's like two uh, perspectives on this where I have a lot of teacher followers and I'll connect with them. Like we talk through DMs about different things, right? But at the end of the day, I'm trying to show my students how to use social media as a way to get your voice heard. And I also, a lot of my Mindset Monday stuff, like the videos I post on Instagram that are Mindset Monday, that actually is for my students. So I have like former students that are like now in high school that might follow me or something. And like they see that and they get inspired by it. So like, I'm not trying to like make money through like a teacher's paid teacher's account or I'm not trying to like make money through any kind of like teacher stuff. My purpose is just straight up providing value to kids of all ages, almost like a, I don't know, like a Mr. Rogers kind of guy where I just, you know, try to teach these kids and that's all I really care about. So it actually is directed towards the youth, but it's funny that I have mostly teacher followers. <laughs> yeah. You know, cause that's, and that's the thing you, with, with that too, you know, it, it gives you such a platform um, to connect and and me, I just recently um, found out that my teaching job here in Wisconsin is you know not being renewed for next school year. So the reason I ask is just because I want to stay connected to these high school kids that I have, and knowing that I'm not going to be on campus or in the building anymore, um, it it makes me want to find a way to connect. And I think social media is probably 
one of the ways I'm going to be able to do that, you know, and, and just not by directly, I, I really like what you said, that you're not trying to like directly connect with them one-on-one, but just provide them the types of things that, um, that they add value and can inspire them down the road. Cause the point you made that I thought was really good, especially with middle school is you never know when, that, when that seed is going to blossom in a kid and when you're going to have that moment where that kid really, it really clicks in and they have that moment where they start talking like you or they start doing the things that you do. Cause I was, you know, I was out of high school, you know, maybe even out of college before I started to understand some of the things that my teachers taught me in high school. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And also going to that, I think like, um, documenting a lot of the process, like whether it's your own, like teaching practices and some of the messages that you have for your own students. Then when you put that out there to your point, when they get older in like five years, they may look back on that and they're like, Oh yeah, I remember when my teacher talked to me about that. It's been like five years now. And it's kind of like a reminder. I got to continue to do this. or I got to continue to do that. Or maybe I'm not doing this enough. And it's just like a good reminder for them because now they're older. So they have a different perspective on that topic you're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, do you – I kind of feel like we should circle back around to mindset a little bit because I think that's something that we're both – well, all three of us are really passionate about. Um, So when when you're working on mindset with the kids, do you see it reflected – and I know you said a little bit. Do you see it reflected in your kids in the way they – I guess the question is the way they interact with other people. Cause that's always what I'm interested in with my kids, especially is am I having an impact on how they build their relationships? Cause that's really what we strive to do is really build those relationships. So do you see your mindset and your relationships? Do you see that reflected in your kids in the way they interact with other people? Yeah, definitely. Um, I even talk about social stuff with my students. Like I'll talk about, um, how to, you know, communicate with one another, how do you work with somebody you don't actually like, because maybe there's another student in your class that you just don't get along with them, but you might have to work with them, just like in real life, right? You might have a boss you don't like, or a co-worker you don't like, but you gotta work with them anyway. So how do you really handle that social dynamic? And uh, we actually, like, we'll even role-play at times, like, we'll go through a couple examples, and we'll just talk about the different stuff of the social dynamics of it, I'll talk to them about popularity versus likability. I forget what book it is, but there's a good book. I think it was like The Science of Popularity or something where they talk about that stuff because a lot of kids, sometimes they may obsess over being popular. And in order to be popular, they may want to put other people down or make fun of them or try to act super cool and not really be real or authentic to themselves. They're trying to fit in. But being likable, you know, you're just being a good person. You're just being kind. You're being respectful. You're talking to everybody. And that is a much better route to go rather than focus on being popular because being likable, you're just being a good person. And when we break down different concepts like that, I do actually see, you know, their behavior change. Like I'll see students stand up for one another where if like someone kind of like would joke about someone getting a math problem wrong, like the whole class might even be like, hey, we don't make fun of people for getting the problem wrong. Like we don't, we want to be respectful and kind. So like I actually do see like their behaviors changing. Um, and a lot of it does have to go with mindset, you know, just, 
you know, leading by example, teaching them how to handle those situations and teaching them how to act by modeling it. Yeah, that's that's perfect. Will, is there uh, anything you'd want to add on mindset based on well, our conversation it here? Just, it really echoes the sentiment that I had while I was in the classroom. Um, I, I actually had a, a group of students. I started out as a, we call them here, uh, a paraprofessional. of the mm-hmm. teacher's eight when I first came into education. And uh, I had already been, it was like my third or fourth career choice. So I had already been around. I worked in corporate America. I worked in higher ed, um, worked in social services. So I've done a whole lot before I even came to education. So I went and started being a paraprofessional. And then I became an inclusion teacher, teaching, you know, working with special ed kids. And my principal told me mid-year, I was like, hey, Mr. Law, we're going to give you your own classroom. You're going to do sixth grade math. Uh, I believe in you. I trust in you. I know you can do it. You've been doing it as an inclusion teacher. Do it now. And I'll tell you, even though I've been an inclusion teacher, I've been in education at that point for about two and a half, three years, I sucked. (laughs) And, I mean, it was bad, real bad. And I actually had a group group of students, it was two girls and and two boys who came to me and said, Rasal, why are you trying so hard to teach us this stuff when really we like you enough to no matter what you teach us, we're going to learn it. But we like to know about you. We like your story. We like, we like you being you because then it helps us be ourselves and it helps us learn so much more. And a light bulb came on. And so I kind of used them as my guinea pig group for the rest of the year. And the next year, you know, you know, first if you're teaching, everybody's make sure you have your rules around the room visible to all the students and I smashed down every rule that I had written, every, you know, poster that I had put up with rules on it, and I replaced it with three letters. And Kyle knows this story. Um, I had R-I-P written on chart paper, big across the room. And every kid walking in, they're looking like, oh, my God, it's mad. You know, you hear mental abuse to humans. You know, you're all those <laughs> things that kids say about math, learning math. And they're like, well, what does it stand for? And I said, I need three volunteers. And I said, I'm going to introduce you to three people. I'm going to introduce you to respect. I'm going to introduce you to integrity. And I'm going to introduce you to pride. And no matter what happened in that year, I told them these are the pillars that our classroom stood on. Because this way you governed yourself. And even to this day, I went to graduation, started going to graduations like two years ago, students that were my students. And... This is the one thing that they say they remember more than anything that I've ever taught them because they kept it with them through seventh grade, through eighth grade, all the way through twelfth grade, and that's what helped them get through and build those relationships with other people is by remembering my little acronym RIP. And so when you say, you know, we talk about planting a seed and not really knowing when it's going to germinate and when it's going to break through the dirt, our own responsibility is to plant it. You know, because once they leave us, they're outside of our, our, our scope of, of influence. So we have to do as much as we can within that nine-month period that we have them to make sure that we plant that seed and we get it nice and tucked in really good so that when they get to the rainy parts of life, you know, when they get to the part that's going to cover them up more, they'll have the strength on the inside of them to break through and really come out and uh, and shine. And I, 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 I love your philosophy. I love the way you... 
you blended. I hate that when I was in the classroom, I didn't mix my rapping and my um, and my teaching that much. Mm-hmm. I did a couple of videos with a, with a buddy of mine um, where we kind of wrote songs about math concepts, but not to the extent that I really could have done it, considering the fact that, I mean, I was a producer. I mean, I produced produce music for people. I had signed a record deal for a little while, you know, straight out of college. But there's a lot that I could have done and I did. So I really admire you for, for staying with it and teaching your kids that, you know, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you have a dream, keep pursuing it because they'll remember that. Yep. They're going to remember that. My teacher always wanted to be a rapper. And then when you make it, and we're going to speak prophetically, and say when you make it, that that they'll they'll remember that that you never gave up on it. This is not something like, oh my God, Mr. B is a, Mr. B is a rapper. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's my teacher. Yeah, you know what I mean. So yep. it, it won't be a surprise to them because they know that this is what you've already done because that's who you are. Exactly. So that's awesome. I love that. Yeah, and a couple of things, a couple of comments. One, like I even tell my kids. I don't make it, I'll still be doing it until I'm 85 years old because I still love it. It's just like the process. Like maybe one day you'll see me like an old 85-year-old man freestyles with kids and you're like, oh, well, we finally made it. But like, <laughs> but you, you know, you're, you're being a, you're a producer and everything, so we definitely got to link up at some point. If you're like over the summer when we have more time and try to create something, that would be really cool. I would love to. I would love to. You know, right now my daughter's a budding artist, and some people say, you know, why do you do this? Why are you gonna help her do that? And I told them. She came to me and said, "Daddy, I want to. I want to learn how to rap and sing and do this." She has a beautiful voice. She has the swag to do it. So I was like, you know what? If you want to do it, I can teach you everything that I know. And when I tell you, man, it's blowing my mind. Like it's pulling me back into it, and I'm like, okay, I'm getting excited all over again. Really, you know, this is what, you know, it's almost like if you had, you know, your child make the, make the win a spelling bee or, you know, make the football team or do something like that. that that's mm-hmm. the feeling that I get every every morning and every afternoon when she's like, okay, daddy, put on a new beat. Let's awesome. try to do this. Let, let's, you know, teach me how to freestyle. You know, that's a big thing. She wants to learn how to freestyle rap. So, I just say, I just... I just I really think it's important that we connect with kids like that and, and make sure that they know your dreams are not silly. You know, your your dreams are you, you you have those dreams for a reason. And and I would be less than who I am as a teacher and an educator if I tried to make you forego your dream for something I think you should be doing. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you don't have to live with what I think. You have to live with what you do and the consequences of that. So. You know, and making sure that they remain fulfilled throughout their process of, of, of growing and development. Absolutely. Right. So. To wrap it up here, Mike, because we want to be respectful of your time on this Saturday, what uh, the the last question we really like to ask is, uh, what do you want your legacy, both as a, a person and an educator, to be? My legacy. Ooh, I like this. So, my legacy. I just want to be remembered as um, an inspirational person, someone that just influenced people to really have the confidence to live their dreams. And that's basically it. I mean, for me. I kind of touched on this earlier, but basically, growing up, I had a lot of teachers, my parents, my friends, guidance counselors, a bunch of people just said that you couldn't do this or you couldn't do that, and I believed them, and I let them 
like affect and direct my own life. And then I realized, hey, if I just have the confidence to pursue my own dreams, I can make it happen. So one of the things I say, I say live your dreams and not chase your dreams because there's not like some kind of end goal. It's not like, oh, I hit the top of the mountain. I reached it. I made it. I got X amount of money. I got like X amount of followers or whatever. It's not about that. It's about the, the love of the grind and the climb and the process because when you truly love what you do, that is living the dream. You know, like every single day going to work and teaching kids, that is the dream right there. So I kind of want to be remembered for that as someone that just lived every day happily and I was living in peace and I was always on this path of personal growth. And I just hope that when I die and my time's up, that people can see me and just remember me for being that person that lived their dreams. Wow. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, uh, we we really appreciate your time, and I and I can't uh, I can't wait for the collaboration between uh, you two guys, and maybe throw Nevaeh in there. It's it's gonna be gonna be something special. She's gonna be excited when I tell her that. She, but once, I mean, she, yeah, she'll be excited to hear anything like that. Cool. And be mad. Why didn't you have me on the podcast when you had him on there? I can hear already. Yeah, <laughs> for time. sure. So next time, exactly. Oh yeah, for sure. And there will uh there will definitely definitely be a next time. So uh awesome. this is this yeah, has thank been you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I truly appreciate it. This was actually my first podcast interview ever, so this is super wow. awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so like... when you when when you make it we can point back and be like, Yeah, we, we knew we knew before anybody else did. <laughs> You know, and and, so and is, there, is there anywhere you're doing shows right now that, that people need to know about so we can kind of tag people in and let them know that you're coming around their way? Shows? No, I'm not doing any shows anytime soon. Um, I had one last night actually. It was uh, in my town locally. There's actually okay. this. Um, he's 19 years old. He went to the high school that uh, is in our town, and he's he put on this showcase so all local artists can come and perform. So I did that last night, and I'm not gonna lie, uh, I had this one song prepared that I was, I was writing all month, and I didn't have it completely memorized near the end, so I messed up near the end, I was super disappointed, and then I ended up going on like a one minute rant, like some kind of motivational speech, I was telling the crowd like, even when you mess up, like you just never give up, it's okay, and blah blah blah, and the whole crowd started cheering, which is pretty awesome, but um, that was the only thing I've done recently. That's only the second time I've ever performed live, so. Oh, really? Yeah, I haven't, like, I see myself as a rapper because I'm always working on music and I'll, like, record stuff. I have a bunch of songs I never even put out, but I haven't, like, done any shows or anything. I guess that's the next step. Yeah, we gotta... Go, Will. I'm gonna... Bye. I was gonna say, like you know, we got, maybe that's our challenge. Well, we're big on accountability, so maybe if you need support to be like, hey, you know, you got to put put out a song and making sure you put out those songs. I mean, because that's like that's like with this. This is our forty first episode, and I don't think like anybody really listened besides our families to like the first twenty five. <laughs> you know, so I mean, but it's 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 just. I really respect the fact that you you put yourself out there because there's so many people that would not put themselves out to go up on stage and and will obviously I don't have this 
this feeling, but you know what it's like, Will, to be on stage. It's got to be terrifying to be up in front of all those people. Oh, yeah. My legs are shaking. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely get the sweaty palms, you know, the, you're holding the microphone and you're looking down, saying that you're leaving fingerprints and little sweat marks everywhere. And it, it definitely takes its toll on you. It's not, it's not as glamorous as people look on the stage. <laughs> right. You know, I, I remember my first time, I think I froze for like the first couple bars and had to come in like two or three bars into my verse. And yeah, yep. so I'm right there with you. I know right. it works. <laughs> cool. So, uh, so we we've got your Instagram, but what is your uh, you're on YouTube? What's your YouTube channel name? Yeah, it's just Mikey B. So if you type in Mikey B, I should be there. Um, I think there's like another imposter or something. <laughs> it's like some guy from Russia or something. I don't know. Dude, but uh, awesome. there's a couple other Mikey Bs out there. But if you you'll probably see my face. It's the one with like the yeah. teacher, like yeah. have the tie on and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and are do you are you when you put music out? Are you putting it out on SoundCloud or anything like that, or do you just kind of have it hidden somewhere? Um, I haven't put anything out yet. Just like I have a couple of songs out, just from you know the past like year or two. Mostly, it's just on YouTube. But oh, nice. I have like about ten songs. I think I'm gonna put out when summer comes. Just because right now it's kind of busy with the school year, so I figure I'm just gonna wait till summer and I'll just drop everything at once. So um, when that happens, I'll probably be on SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, everywhere. Perfect. Can't wait. We're gonna we're gonna we are gonna shamelessly promote that as much as we can. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. So yeah, man, we uh we really appreciate the time as always and uh I I can definitely say that this will not be the lone time that we have you on the podcast. Awesome. Thank you, I appreciate it. Thanks again for having me on, and it's all good. Thanks for checking out episode 41 of the LED Project Podcast. Uh, Please subscribe on iTunes or on Google Play. If you have questions or things you want us to answer, please email us at podcast at theledproject.com. And if you are a teacher, know a teacher, or an educator, anyone you think would add value to teachers, Please shoot us an email, uh, direct message us on Instagram or on Facebook. We're always looking for teachers who can inspire and add value to other teachers. Thanks again for tuning in and good luck.